you are the podcast master. All right, here we go. We are rolling on a brand new episode of the Matt West Now podcast. And before we get to my conversation with Cooper Davis, I want to remind everybody that when you log on to mattwestnow.com, you go to the shop section, type in the code mattwestnow, all one word. All one word, right? Okay, got the uh, word from the boss that it is all one word. When you use the code Matt West now, we're going to save you money on all of your WestFit merchandise, podcast merchandise, whatever it is on there. Uh, we're going to save you some money with that little discount code. So mattwestnow.com, that is where you can get to everything. WestFit, uh, the announcing, the podcast, it's all there. So check that out and use the code Matt West now, all one word, to save you a little bit of money. Uh, curious. Uh, question for everybody that's listening right now. Would you be interested in checking out a live podcast? If we were to throw something together for the PBR World Finals, maybe I shouldn't even say this. Um, whatever. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, curious, just real curious if there's any interest at all in coming to check out a live podcast. So it's something we're thinking about doing during the PBR Finals. So hopefully... We'll know the answer to that here in just a couple of days. But really excited about this podcast. Cooper Davis, the world champion bull rider, a guy that doesn't do a lot of interviews per se, and a guy that really just does not like the spotlight whatsoever. And there's a side to Cooper Davis that I don't think PBR fans get to see very often, and it's probably my favorite side of Coop, the guy that just enjoys being a dad, enjoys being a husband, uh, loves to be in the outdoors, loves to just enjoy life. Um, don't get me wrong. He loves fans and understands that, you know, it's it's Western sports fans that continue to make the world go round for all of us in our everyday lives. But, um, you know, he's kind of a kind of a quiet, reserved guy that can be very, um, mm, uh, would you say shy at times, I guess? Shy would be the word you could use. But uh, just a great, great dude. And, and if you guys have ever got a chance to, to meet Coop, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about business. We'll talk about the importance of social media, like it or love it. We'll talk about the TikTok that was seen around the world just hours before they tried to shut TikTok down. So um, we'll get to all of that during the course of this conversation. I really hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts, especially when we bring these athletes on, because this is what it's all about, is fans seeing what I see, and that is the athlete, the human behind the athlete that's on television. So I'm really excited about this one. Let's get to it. we got a lot to talk about with Coop. So um I don't know. I don't know if he likes to be called Max Dad, Kate's husband, world champion, whatever. I do know he's a world champion bull rider. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a business owner. He's an entrepreneur. And he's just an all-around damn good guy. So here it is, my conversation with world champion Cooper Davis. You probably don't believe this, but a lot of people really don't like talking on a microphone. That's you? You don't. You don't. You don't like this at all, do you? Mm-mm. No, I don't like it. <laughs> no, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin does though. So. I feel like I feel like every time we do anything together, whether it's like radio, TV, or or even just an appearance, like this this weekend, you're like, yeah, hey, uh, and it's like, yeah, don't worry, I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah, that's the deal. I mean, I I don't know. I can talk until you put a microphone on my face, and I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I don't like. I don't really like to talk unless I'm getting paid to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um. Maybe the most important question I'll ask through this whole process is this. What's it like being the third most famous person in your house? I don't know. I mean, you feel like you started out kind of the coolest, and then <laughs> as things went on, you realize that everybody loves your wife more and your kid's way cooler than you. So, Dude, your kid is the coolest. Yeah, he, uh, you showed me a video. Is he getting the bug? Oh, he's getting the bug. He's loving everything to do with bulls and horses and everything right now. And before, I thought I was safe, but now it's... You're it's, not uh, excited about that, No, right? I'm not. Not at all. We've you, gotten gotten to the point where we had to go get a calf from the cell barn just so he could name him and ride a bull. What did he name him? Uh, Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he went original with it. You've got a calf named Yellow Jacket now. Yeah, a little Jersey calf. And oh, Of course. Yeah. And and you've got a bull rider. You, you have never... 
wanted him to do that. I never have, and I, I hope he does something else like golf before uh, we get too serious into it. But it's, it's not scary. looking good. Yeah, it's not looking good. Was Was your family like that? Yeah, so my grandpa, he pretty much didn't want to talk to me for like six months, hoping it would deter me from riding bulls, but it only made it worse. So uh, I don't know. There's there's two routes I can take. I can either, you know, be right there to help him, and and maybe, uh, maybe it'll just fade away. And I don't know. I feel like if I pressure him not to do it, that's when he wants to. But that's really do what's it. that's what I think is cool about you is, is I think you're going to be like my parents. It's like you know what? I'm never going to try to discourage him. I'm going to try to talk him out of things the whole time. But if that's what he wants to do, I'll support him. Yeah, I mean, once it gets to a point of Dad, I want to do it. Then hey, let's try it. And if you know, as long as you like it, we'll keep going through with it. And uh, I mean, that's that's what we'll do. How old were you when you started? About his age. Really? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm in trouble. You know, my parents they bought me every horse in the book just to try to keep me from riding bulls. And every time there was a calf riding or something like that, I was like, hey, you got to put me in that. Yeah. And uh, it just ended up being what I, what I like to do. He got bucked off pretty hard the other day. Yeah, yeah. He hit the ground pretty hard, and you know, I was like, well, this is it. You know, and next thing you know, he said, hey, I, I got to get back on. That can't happen again. I said, okay. Well get on <laughs> you can't end it like that no can't end it like that and he rode him around for a little while after that and you are screwed man yeah i'm in bad shape <laughs> that i mean i, I can't imagine because i don't have kids obviously but i can't imagine wanting them to to take a different path so bad and then just not like i mean at the end of the day you have no control over it no, so like my deal is, I was like, you know, he's going to grow up with this, and it's just going to be second nature, and he's it's not going to be cool to him, and and that worked for four or five years, but it seems like now that he's got a break from going every weekend, and you know, he's they stay home more often, he kind of misses that, and whenever I get home, he's like, Dad, he's like, I want to I want to go ride my calf or ride my bulls, what he calls them, but uh, you know, I think I don't know, I mean, he's he's gotten where he loves it, and a couple of buddies of mine they rope every week, and he mm-hmm. wants to go over there and. After they get done roping, he wants to go ride their roping steers. So, uh, I wish I could say he wanted to pick up a rope and learn how to do that, but he doesn't. What makes you more nervous, showing up to these events and riding, or the thought of him? Man, the the thought of your kid wanting to do something that you know everybody didn't want you to do, and and I mean that's the scariest thing in the world to me. But yeah. you know, I feel like I can help him in the right direction in places that I didn't have help when I was little. So, do you get nervous doing this? Man, I get nervous more or less for them, not for me. Uh, really? Like if something were to happen to me, like I I don't know, that that does worry me sometimes. Really? I mean, I don't know because bull riders are wired so different that – and everybody says, well, I don't get nervous or, you know, yeah, I get nervous every time. But I hear UFC fighters talk all the time. Guys are, are one way or the other. They're either like, yeah, I'm scared. It's a fist fight or no, it's, it's business. Yeah, so like I feel like I, I'm different in the aspect of like I don't – necessarily have to do this Mm -hmm. so like i feel selfish sometimes by showing up and and you know i guess making a living out of something that i could go home and have a much safer career uh but i don't know i mean when you love something and and it's kind of all you've ever known it's it's you know pretty hard to when when you say you don't necessarily have to do this i I think that people are going to have this question like what do you mean do you mean like you could go get a job or financially or like you you've invested because you guys Look, and it's no secret, and I think that people are, are going to continue to learn more and more about you. Like, I'm a fan of Coop in the arena, but I'm a bigger fan of Coop outside of the arena because you're way smarter than than I think people realize. Yeah, I don't know if I'm very smart, but we have you all. Uh, yeah, we've we've built a couple of businesses at home. You know, I've got the we've got the wedding venue, and Caitlin's got her lashes, and uh, she does power fit, and uh, you know, we've tried to every dollar that we've made we either either tried to put it in the house or into a business that was going to make us money after and uh you know that's that's where a lot of athletes i feel go wrong you know they they have this big career and they go make a bunch of money and get used to the lifestyle of having a bunch of money and don't have anything to show for it after and that's that's not what i wanted to do especially in this sport because and and it blows my mind that guys have this thought process because we've all seen it our whole lives we've seen athletes in western sports that have the world by the tail and then after a few years of retirement like it's back to working a real job back to doing this or doing that and there's nothing at all wrong with that but it's like how do you live like the money's never going to go away when everybody you've ever watched their money goes away 
and you don't invest, you don't you don't think about the the long haul. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's definitely nothing wrong with leaving here and going and getting a job. Absolutely but, not. You know, my I have a grandpa that I'm very fortunate to have as far as being business savvy and stuff like that. So I've grown up around uh, it, just watching him and you know being able to talk to him about things after the career of bull riding because he wasn't a fan of bull riding to begin with. So anything that I think he felt like he could help me establish after bull riding was like. I don't know, was going to make me retire sooner or something. So, uh, you know, I don't know, being around him and, and that's, that's really helped us out, Caitlin and I both. I mean, neither one of us really had much to show for 10 years ago, five, six years ago even. Uh, so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, once you get in the mindset of, you know, being successful and, and I'm a big uh, creature of habit, like mm-hmm. every day I pretty much do the same thing, but I'm trying to better myself every day as yeah. well. So I don't know. It's I always say at the end of this podcast, every day is an opportunity to get better. Mm-hmm. And, and I really do believe that. I, I believe if you don't try to be better today than you were yesterday, then you're wasting your time. Like you're wasting a God-given day and a, and a moment to, to just be better. There's so much of what you just said that I want to try to unpack because – there, there's so many different paths I wanted to go down. And every time you'd say something, I wanted to go a different direction. So I'll start here. You talk a lot about your grandpa. Your grandpa is somebody that, that really means a lot to you. Yeah. I mean, he means the world to me and he, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that he's really soft hearted and, uh, you know, they see him as this tough businessman, but at the same time, like I see the other side of him that as a grandpa, uh, you know, he's always been there for us and, and, you know, He's just a great dude, so he, he means a bunch to me. Talking about 10 years ago, you guys didn't have a whole lot to show. Um, I remember, it's okay, sorry. I mean, it's just a award-winning podcast. Do you need to take that? <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, first first finals, 2015, right? 2015, um, my parents start telling me about this young lady that sat in front of them at the PBR finals and oh she's like the sweetest and yada yada and and her boyfriend rode and I was like okay well I I didn't really know Cooper that well and you know he's the one with the flowery shirts yeah yeah I I mean I know who he is I know who he is but we, we just don't really know a lot about him and so like my parents were such a fan of Caitlin mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, cool. Well, and then we started kind of getting to know each other and it was just, it was funny because I mean, I knew who you was from making the NFR, mm-hmm. but by the time you move over to PBR, uh, you started looking different. You started, I just, we were together. A I just lot. grew up a you, little bit. You, you yeah. honestly like yeah. the maturation process is like, like you grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really did. Because how old were you when you came to the PBR? Uh, I was 19 when I made the finals. Or the, long the, hair. The NFR. And then uh, I was probably 20, 21 whenever I came to the PBR for the first time. Well, uh, what was the NFR like? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always say that there's nothing that can compare to going to the NFR. And, and guys that are coming up that ask me, you know, what should I do? I say go to the NFR. And, and you know, once you do that, then you can move to the PBR but don't miss the opportunity to do that because first off you go and season yourself and, and kind of learn what you're made of uh, you're not going and getting on these pools week in and week out but you're still getting on good pools so it's a good break in period for, for young guys well and to me everybody that grows up in western sports the NFR is is the pinnacle Every I mean it's just this event and everybody wants to do it and I think now a lot of guys get sidetracked and they're like I want to go straight to the PBR finals and I hear a lot of guys are like man I wish I'd have made the NFR at least once I remember when LJ did it you know just wanted to go do it at least once yeah there's something about the yellow buck and shoots mm-hmm. and the, the grand entry and you know the stuff that really doesn't mean anything to most people but you know once you get in there and it's like like this is it you know yeah. it's cool yeah um, it, it's an experience yeah. it's just a, a whole different unique experience what's uh, what's the experience like when you travel? Because we walked in here and Megan was paranoid, like got stuff all over the sink. Uh, it looks like makeup exploded all over the bathroom. Looks like somebody sheared a, a show calf in there. <laughs> what well, I mean is is it is it chaotic sometimes? Yeah, it's it's absolutely chaotic, and especially and I don't mean with Caitlin. I mean like with yeah. the whole family. I yeah, mean like Coop. Yeah, Mac, everybody. No, I mean like it's it gets way more chaotic whenever you have a five year old walking yeah. through the airport and everything else. So 
you can just imagine, you know, my kid's very vocal and if somebody's just looking at him the wrong way, it's an opportunity for him to talk. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it gets really chaotic and there's always junk everywhere in the room and toys and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. But I, I can't see, I can't see you doing it any other way. No, it's, it makes it that much more fun, I guess, whenever you can, you get to share it with them and, and, you know, have a miniature you besides the fact he loves to talk and yeah. I mean it, I don't know that, there's nothing that compares to it and you guys have basically the same facial hair yeah, well I, no I've I mean, got a cool mustache right now <laughs> no I it's, I don't know that it's that cool <laughs> let's be honest because I always talk about man it's the coolest mustache in the world but we're friends it's really not that cool man the best comment I, I've gotten on social media was it looks like Jim Sharps okay I was like okay so that's, we're getting pretty cool with this yeah <laughs> what what started this whole thing I don't know. I mean, I just, I guess I forgot to shave for about a month or two and I started seeing a few hairs and I was like, Hey man, let's, let's see what it does. If I forget, I can't even go a month or two without shaving my back or it looked like ducks unlimited back there. Duck yeah. dynasty. This is dedication. It really, it really is. Does, does the wife like it? No. Not even a little Not bit. Not a little bit. Yeah. She's ready for November 15th so I can shave it off. Right after the PBR finals. Yeah. Then it's deer season. So can't do that oh my gosh man that's hilarious do, do people comment on it a lot oh yeah yeah it's power in the stash now i mean it's a deal it now it's a deal i you know i used to try to tell guys that if i'm making fun of you on the microphone like i've never really like seriously made fun of anybody but people over the years have tried to grow some pretty shitty mustaches um or their their facial hair or their hair or something my deal is always like if i'm picking on you for something it's okay, yeah. because when I tell you to take your helmet off and show the world your mustache, everybody's eyeballs start to look at it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I try my best to get my helmet off just so I can show them this glorious caterpillar I got on my lip. <laughs> I, I was telling Megan the other day, a couple of weeks ago during the intros, you come in and up over the shark cage, and I could tell you were looking at me, but the lights were off, and, and I couldn't really see, and then all of a sudden, I saw you kind of kind of <laughs> brushing the stash, and I... I died laughing. I'm getting ready to say a prayer and I cannot stop laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so funny. I, and I don't think people realize like you got to have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've tried making this a job a hundred times and it turns into just miserable and don't want to be here. But whenever you can go and have fun with it and, and just treat it like the reason why you started. That's that's what makes it all worth it. You really have tried to make this a job. I have, yeah. And that to me is is I don't really know the word to describe it. I don't know like if anomaly would be the word, but to me that's that's Cooper. Because when you try to make this a job, you're a miserable bastard. Yeah, and I hate it. I mean, I, there's nobody that hates bull riding more than me. Whenever it's got to be a job, and uh, people people aren't going to understand that. No, well, I, I mean, so so explain that because there are times you strongly dislike this. Yeah, there's absolutely times that I strongly dislike it. And it's normally around you know about the middle of the season whenever I've been doing it, and there's nothing more that I want to do than go sit at home and watch my kids' t-ball game or something like that. I mean, there's. I hate missing things at home with him because my dad never missed a thing with me. And I, I don't know. I just feel like a piece of crap whenever I have to miss a t-ball game or something. Right. And, uh, you know, bull riding is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be something that, you know, heck the reason I started, it was such an adrenaline rush and it just, I loved it. And whenever I get here and don't want to be here, bull riding gets really, really tough. But Max can understand, especially when he gets older, that you know what, Dad, Dad worked his ass off to provide for us, and and he'll understand that, he'll appreciate that. But I think that that's something people don't realize is you do have this big internal struggle. Uh, a lot of times, like I've had, I feel like I've talked you off the ledge of retirement several times about midseason. Yeah, seriously. I mean, the, after I won the world, I didn't know what to do. You know, I was like, well, you know, I've done everything I set out to accomplish. Now, what's next? You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's been a lot of times, a lot of years uh, since 2016. I guess it probably took me three or four years to really grasp the fact that, okay, it's not just about making money. It's about why did you start doing this? And, and you know, kind of getting back in the mindset of it's not a job. It's, it's you know, you, you love to do it. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. 
And if any job, any job, if you don't enjoy what you do, go do something else. Yeah. Find something that you have fun doing, even if you make less money. That's what I always tell people. Like, I've been around too many people that came home from work and they, you know, chug a 12 pack of beer because their day sucked so bad and they were miserable with everything. And when your job is miserable, that carries over into your personal life and then everything else starts to kind of crumble around you. So even if it's, if even, I don't care if you're making several million dollars a year, if you're not happy, it's not worth it. I don't think. No, it's not worth it. And, uh, you know, it honestly, it took me breaking my neck this year to just really like want to deep rededicate myself to riding bulls and, and realizing that I did actually like it. You know, uh, when I broke my neck, it was just like, I can't do it now. And then whenever you can't do something, it's just like, that's all you want to do. It's like anything. When it's taken away from you and you're not ready for it to be yep. gone, then then you realize how much you love yep. something. So I, that was kind of like my eye-opening experience, I guess, was, you know, like you damn near wasted four years of not really wanting to do it because you've tried to make it a job. And now that you can't do it, it's all you want to do. So Do you ever look back and go, damn, I could have won a couple more titles in the last few years or could have at least been close? Yeah, I mean, hell, I've, I don't know. I've, it, it, I guess going back and watching, you know, there's been times where, you know, if I'd have just pulled my head out of my ass and focused on it for 10 more seconds, I uh-huh. probably would have been, you know, a lot, a lot closer, uh, contingency for winning a world title. But, uh, I don't know. It's not over. Yeah. I, I, I agree. But the one thing that has happened here in the last few days, and I, I try not to be like, I try not to, I don't want to say that I have favorites, but I've got guys that, I, that I'm, I'm really good friends with. And then like, just from a reality standpoint, like I watch every single round of the sport, everything that happens on this tour, I see it happen. And what I've seen over the last few weeks was man, Coop's having fun again. He's mm-hmm. really enjoying this and he's riding and he's winning rounds and he's gaining points. And it's like, Hadn't been that long ago he was outside the top 10. Now all of a sudden he's 10th. Now he's 8th. Now he's 7th. And when they canceled Pensacola, I went, damn. And So did I. Selfishly, like as a friend, I was like, damn, because that's another spot Coop had a chance. And and I really, in my heart of hearts, believed. I was like, yeah, Coop's the guy that has the chance to catch Jose. Yeah, and I mean, I, I text Brandon Bates, my agent, as soon as it happened. And uh like we both had talked about it earlier in the week, like, Hey, we still got a chance at this deal. So, uh, you know, that kind of took the air out of me, uh, because like I, that was an opportunity for me to go and make another 120 points, 130 points and get closer. And, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty good when I want to be, I feel like, but yeah. <laughs> then there's days like, you know, whenever I don't want to be here, that mm-hmm. there's 35 other guys that are better than me. So it's and all a mindset for me. That's the truth. Yeah. It, it, it is all about your mentality. And it's funny because we all talk about, we can tell what the day is going to be like when you show up to the building. Yeah. We can tell how your night's going to go so, when you show up. So can I, if I've already got my two flights booked, if I make the short round or don't have the short round <laughs> made, it's uh because that's happened. Yeah, it has you, happened. You've booked a three o'clock flight and an eight o'clock flight. Yeah. If I could get home earlier, I would. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of time, and there's a lot of points in in not in Vegas, but in AT and T Stadium. Right? Yeah, it's it's not over yet. No, uh, but the chances of catching Jose right now are, are getting smaller. He's so good. He is so good. It's he's, disgusting he's good. how good that guy is. I've never seen anybody that was as good as him and, and been riding in as short a period as he does or has. Uh, that guy's just he's a freak of nature. Who do you think's the best guy you've ever competed with, or or best couple of guys? I won't make you narrow okay. down to one. Well, JB, whenever yeah. first came around, and now he's kind of picking back up to the old JB. So, isn't that crazy, man? That guy is—I don't know. He's there's nobody that's I think ever going to top what he's done. And uh, this is my favorite story of all of them. I, like what's happened, and I say this in the arena: like 2020 is my favorite JB story. Yeah, as many times as he got on Bushwhacker. Uh, his two world titles, the world finals, like all of that. Like this is the most JB story I think has ever been told. Like you want to talk about mindsets, that guy. Holy crap. I mean, he's got to be strong and just know how good he is because, you know, there for 
two years, people were, he should retire, he should retire. Yeah. And he knew how good he was, and, and now he's back to riding just about as good as he was. He told me the other day, he said, you know, I said, man, you realize what you just did? Like, you qualified to the world finals in, like, less than two months. He goes, you know what? I told myself, if I couldn't do it in two months, I didn't deserve everything I've ever done. And I went, holy shit, that's a whole nother level of, yeah. like, realizing I, how good you are. I've got so much respect for that guy and everything that he's done. And, and you know, I guess some of my biggest points were saying that I got to go against him. Like, in 2015, going against him for a trying to win the uh, world finals and then 2016 like mm-hmm. getting to the finals that year i was like man i like i'm in a world title race with jb mooney like that was the coolest thing in the world to yeah. me and you know it's just i don't know that there was nobody in the world that that rode as good as him at that time and he's just got this weird kind of presence in the locker room yeah and, and you've started to get that there, there's a couple of guys that I watch the younger guys and and even the guys that are in their mid twenties or even late twenties sometimes that show up, and you can see you can see on their face they're like, man, I'm in a locker room with JB Mooney. I'm at, well probably not with JB because he's probably in some bathroom stall back <laughs> in the back in the smoking section. But but you can see those guys look around and you've become one of those guys where it's like, man, I'm in the same locker room with Cooper Davis or. Even Jess or Jose, it's like it, yeah, it's I mean, pretty cool to watch. Yeah, and I was that guy that was saying, I, "Man, I'm in the same locker room as you know Douglas Duncan and stuff." Yeah. And I mean, that was that was the coolest thing to me because those are guys I looked up to, and they were still there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, that was it's all a learning process, and it's all cool in, in the way that everything kind of shakes out. Uh, you know, there's kids like Mason Taylor that walked mm-hmm. in just like you're talking about and were starstruck and you know now they're they're kind of slowly getting to the point where they're feeling comfortable and uh, I mean he's you know, turned into one of my pretty good buddies that's the coolest thing to me is is watching that develop because mm-hmm. and I always use Zeke as a reference um, we were in Duluth Georgia and he had a pretty good weekend and he comes over by the ride pass desk and at this time like I'd I had befriended Zeke he was still new but like I really just enjoyed being around him because he was always pretty happy and mm-hmm. a little cocky whatever um, oh yeah but and I think some of that cockiness was manufactured. I think it was fake, to be completely honest with you. I think he just felt like, man, you know, I'm here. I've he had gotta, to talk himself into it. He had to talk himself into yeah. it. Uh, and and I'm not saying anything that he and I haven't talked about. Yeah, same. But I remember him walking up to the ride pass desk and me going, look at that. On the microphone. I said, look at that. You're in the top 10 in the world. And the look on his face was... Everything you would imagine telling a little kid that you're one of the top 10 bull riders in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Because he went back to being a little kid and was like, oh, my God, it's real. Yeah. And, and Zeke, you know, he's he's been somebody that, just like you said, whenever I first met him, I was like, man, I don't know about this guy, you know, because he, uh, he came up and was like kind of being all cocky and stuff, but... Mm-hmm as it goes like you learn his personality and like he's just a super good dude like he loves to pick and uh you know that's i don't know zeke's turned into being one of my pretty good friends as well and if you ever get grumpy again i'm gonna tell you to just get in a car and road trip (laughs) with zeke this week because he does he just has fun yeah like he's one of the guys won't let you be grumpy that's it really won't even on his bad days even the the nights where he gets bucked off a bull that he knows that he should have rode 10 times out of 10, you see him after the show and he's like, damn, that sucked. Okay. And then he'll start dancing or yeah. he'll just start. I, I he's love got some pretty good him. dance moves too. Well, I mean, he's, he's almost as good as me and Clint. Uh, he's way better than me. <laughs> you never, you never had a big, like guys will have their little celebrations. You never had anything. Okay. Like the coolest thing for me was stormy wing riding bruiser and just walking out and tipping his hat. Like, yeah. Agreed. Dude, dude acted like he had done it a hundred times. And Agreed. I was like, that is the coolest thing to me. I still think that's the best ride I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, up there for the top for me. That and there was there was a ride and I can't remember the I can't remember who it was. Um it was a little spotted bull in Atlantic City a few years ago where guy had a pretty good day on it. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a little bull called Smooth Operator. Yeah. No, With, the the best comment or yeah, best anything I ever got from anybody was Cody Lambert. And he's told me a few times, he said, you know, that's the best bull ride I've ever seen in my life. And he said, I've seen them all. So I said, well, that's, that's pretty cool. And yesterday it came up to me and said, man, he said, you got the two best bull rides I've ever seen. And I was like, well, what was that? And he said, uh, you on Mr. Majestic. He said, I've never seen somebody try so hard really? on a bull. And I was like, well, 
I guess that's pretty cool. I said, and he said, I've seen them all. So that's just, cool. Just take it for that, you know. And that was that was really cool to me because he's a guy that when I first got here, I was so scared. Like yeah. I didn't talk to him for six months. And, like yeah. he's just got that presence about him. Like you're looking at a legend that's walking down the road, yeah. or you know, that's that's that was a he cool started, thing. He, he helped start. He was one of the guys that helped start all. Yeah, this. he was one of the founders of this thing. So you know, he takes a lot of pride in, in putting on a good show and and it being what they all set it out to be and you know even though it's miles from where it started you know he's he stayed true to being a just a you know a big ambassador for the sport that's what i love about this especially this sport and it doesn't matter if it's pbr or, or rodeo or whatever the guys that have reached a certain status and they have this certain level of respect everybody gets that Mm-hmm. And, and and when you're around those guys, I still to this day we rode an elevator with Lambert this morning, and I still catch myself going, "Holy crap, man!" Like, or or I've Megan's seen it a couple of times. I'm like, Cody Lambert just called me, yeah. or it, Jerome Robinson, or you know, a few years ago we were working on bullfights, and and Ty Murray called my cell phone, and it's just like those things are still cool to me. Like I'm yeah, still a big fan. It gets me all geeked out too. I mean, heck, if I see Justin McBride call my phone or J.W. Hart or something like that, I'm like, oh my God. Not so like, much J.W. Hart, but Justin McBride, yeah. No, even both. Uh, both of them. I mean, There's a lot of guys like J.W. and Cody that people are so terrified of, and then when you get to know them, you realize they're they're totally different than what the surface level yeah, is. J-Dub called me a fat kid. I think that's the first thing he ever said to me. Okay. And I was like, this guy here is just... Okay, you've told this story a couple of times and, and going back to when you first started kind of coming around. And man, you were really, really good when you got here, when you got to the NFR. Obviously, you were really good, but then something happened and you got even better. Yeah, I mean, I was standing there and uh, I think Tulsa maybe and standing next to Brandon Stewart, stock contractor. He mm-hmm. said, dang, I don't know which one over there is entering the bull ride. And he's the other like stock contractors. <laughs> and, uh, like, man, like that was hard. And, you know, and I just kind of got to where I was like, well, I guess I better do something about it. And then he kind of pulled me off the side and he's like, man, he's like, you, you lose a little weight. He's like, you'd probably be pretty dang good. And, okay. Yeah. I'll listen to you. And he ended up, you know, ended up losing 30, 40 pounds in the process. And it's just, uh, been night and day difference how'd you do it man the first time i did it it was just like eating a 1100 calorie meal a day and not really knowing what i was doing chicken do you have any energy no not really really i felt frail uh but you know i got up to about 150 last year probably beginning of this year maybe even and uh i started you know counting macros and everything like that and that was kind of more of a I guess the more healthy way I felt strong. I felt, you know, like I was ready. And, uh, you know, I think everything in my diet was a lot more balanced than, uh, the, the first time I did it. What are you at right now? One thirty-nine. Really? Yeah. I mean, and, and at that size, 11, 12 pounds is, is a pretty big difference. Yeah. Five pounds even is a big difference. So like I got down to one thirty-five, probably, I don't know, probably two months ago and I was riding good, but at the same time, it just like seemed like on those bigger, stronger bulls, I just wasn't, you know, really, you know, I wasn't ready. And, uh, so I started picking up a little bit of weight and then I got to about 138, 139, which is where I'm at now. And I feel, feel, feel pretty good. Really good. What's your, like, what's your week? Like, do you work out a lot? Do you Man, really, I have been, but, uh, like the last, probably about the last month or six weeks, like from Guthrie on, uh, it's been like I've got to get my body back in the process of being able to work out or get to feeling good enough to work out because like I had those back problems from Guthrie and uh, it would take me till Wednesday before I could really stand up straight like it just got really bad but now that my body's kind of getting better and better and back's getting better I'm starting to work out three or four times a week people will ask like okay you're how old are you 20 26 six and it's taking you two or three days to recover Mm mm-hmm like, why do you still do it? And it goes back to like when you find out that you're having fun doing it. But yeah, when you find out there's a, you know, there's a possibility of it being taken from you and, and uh, that you really do love the sport, then it all becomes, you know, what do I need to do? I'll do anything to get back to where I need to be at. So what's your recovery like? Do you do like cryo? Do you do like massage? Man, sports med, they've given me uh, a lot of stretches that have, have helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, I've had problems with my SI joints. I've had problems with a decimated disc in my back. Uh, so a lot of it's got to do with, you know, stretching. If I get all locked up and sitting on an airplane or something like that, like getting here this week, uh, I was stiff as a board and, you know, I was in bad shape. Uh, but, you know, if I can get loosened up and, you know, get a little bit of movement around, then uh, I'm normally okay. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't think not everybody has the same approach. I mean, I know that I see you in the gym every once in a while with, with the, the missus, um, who's killing it by the way. Yeah. She is killing it. Yeah. I, I can't work out next to her anymore. She just, she outworks me. It's nuts. Yeah. And I feel like every day Megan's like, man, did you see what Kate did today? Like, but, but not just in the gym. I, I go back to what I said earlier about being the third most famous guy in your house or most famous person in your house because she has built a brand yep. and is doing very well for herself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, there's not a man that I know other than maybe my grandpa that gets up and, and, you know, works as hard as she does. You know, she, uh, she gets up about six every morning without a, an alarm and just, yeah. she's got an internal alarm that goes off. And as soon as her eyes are open, she's up and, to her office doing something i mean she's doing something doing something and and you know there's there's all throughout the day there's never just a break with her like she's got to be going got to be you know going to a meeting with brides or uh power fit or uh doing her lashes i mean there's always something that she's doing that's you know i don't know i love that. me every day i love that i mean uh, I love it a lot because, like, I, I consider you guys r- really good friends, but mostly because you and I have had the conversation a lot, and and I still I get so much crap, especially now that Megan is around, and like we go to the gym together, and when we're on the road, we'll go find like local gyms or just different gyms that we think are fun, and we're constantly posting from this place or that place, or and we do it. We're pretty open with our relationship and with our lives because we get so much feedback yeah. from people going, "Hey, I appreciate that you do this because it helped me get here or yeah. do this." See, and I used to be really weird about sharing anything with my right. life. Uh, right. I was like, "Man, I, I'm on the road twenty four seven. You know, there's some yeah. kind of privacy that I want." And it got to where, you know, the more that I kind of posted, and the more that you know, I was seeing her posts and like how people responded to. It. I was like, "Well, maybe it's not so bad." Uh, you know, it's, it's really a platform that you don't realize that you have until you have somebody send you a message. It's like, Hey man, like I really needed that. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. It made my day, you know, yep. it's small things like that, that have really pushed me more towards the direction of, I guess, being more outgoing in, in my posting and, and her, I mean, that it's just a platform that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how you are, but I still, every once in a while, like if I post something, and well, CT Fletcher is mm-hmm. a guy that that messaged me back. Um, I didn't message him. I posted something, whatever. And it was a night that I had worked out in his gym. All of a sudden, I looked down. I get a DM from CT Fletcher, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's probably one of his team, you know, working or whatever." And he starts talking to me about some things he and I had talked about that night mm-hmm. with nobody around. We were outside, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like he really just DM'd me and like messaged me and, and it changed the way I look at social media even more so because I knew the impact it had on me Mm -hmm. and I'm, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty worldly and I've been around the world and things don't really get to me as much as a normal human, but that got me. And I was like, man, that's incredible that he took time to message me because of a conversation we had had that day. And then I started getting a little bit of that back, obviously not on your level or anything like that, but I've had a lot of people say, man, I can't believe you, you messaged me back. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why? No. Why? Like, why not? We're all humans. But the impact that you have on like little kids and stuff like that, did you ever think that would be a thing? No, not really. Cause I mean, like for instance, like, okay, the, the coolest thing that ever happened to me, which whenever I was a kid, you know, like I wanted to raise buck and bulls too. And yeah. uh, there was a guy, his name was Jim Anderson. He's still in the buck and bull deal, but like I've always known him to raise good cattle and stuff yeah. like that. And I called him one time when I was like 10, like I had this money to spend on cows, you know, and, and he sit there and talked to me like I had all the money in the world and that I've, I've always remembered that. And, uh, you know, it's always stuck in my mind. Like when a kid reaches out to me or something like that for help or just, just to talk, you know, it's, it's always been really right there in my brain just to say, you know, like be Jim, you know, yeah. 
be normal to them and, and don't uh i hate it when people try to make me out to be just like this big great right. person uh I'm just like everybody else. But I think that says a lot about your character. I used to get so mad, and I won't name it. It, names. it makes me feel weird, honestly. Right. You know, like, right. I don't know. I lock up whenever people say something. Um, well, because you love the spotlight so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't name any names, but I, I, in years past, I've been around people, and they're not, they're not competitive right now, but I've been around people that would get so annoyed when somebody would come up and ask for an autograph or a mm-hmm. kid would take a picture. And they were almost jerks about it. And and it was a like some really good friends of mine. And we had a serious conversation. And I, I said, look, none of this shit would be here if it wasn't for those people. Yeah. Don't ever do that again. Like, probably it that kid at one point in time. Huh? And they were probably that kid at one point in time. Promise you they were. Yeah. Promise you they were. And they forgot that. And, and it, it just made me so mad to see. I get it. I understand. Everybody wants their 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 peace and quiet. And they want their private time. But at the same time, it's like. You never know what you're doing for a kid. Yeah. You guys did the other day. Where, I don't remember where we were. Uh, we were at a restaurant, and you and Derek and Jess and all of you, and the little kid walked over. Well, Megan and I were at a table in the corner, and it took that kid sitting there and really working himself up to get the nerve to come over to your table hmm. and, and, and try to speak to you guys. And you guys were all cool to him, but it was like it was cool for us to watch him try to work himself up to get to yeah. get to where he could come say hi. Yeah. No, and that was me as a kid, you know, so yeah. I, I get it. Uh, but we're all just normal people. And if you start getting to a point where you don't feel like people can approach you and, and you know, to me, that's just, uh, I love it when people approach me and, and talk to me like I'm one of them. Yeah. Uh, not like I'm some cool, right. great guy that, you know, sure, I ride bulls good and everything. But at the same time, I was you whenever, yeah. you know. I was your age, so. Yeah, but you're not just some normal human. All I am, sudden. though. I mean, I'm good at riding bulls, but there's guys that are good at lawyers, and they don't. I mean, well, not whatever. everybody not everybody makes their TikTok debut the way you did. I did have a good TikTok. Holy <laughs> crap. I've I've not laughed that hard in a long time, man. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm still waiting on my retaliation for that deal, but. <laughs> It's coming. Okay. Was it was it your idea? Her no. idea? So she posted a deal on Instagram uh, about, you know, who should be who, if she should be me or for the yeah. day or if I should be her. And uh, it was like 10 to 1 that I had to be her. So <laughs> I didn't even tell her I was going to do it. And she was like, yeah, you know, people, everybody's asking if you're going to do this. And I was like, I don't know. Well, she FaceTimes me and I have her wig on. <laughs> and she said, what the hell are you doing? I was like, I'm doing this uh, TikTok thing. And like... <laughs> And she was like, oh, my God. She's like, don't run my wig. You know, like, she's like, that's an expensive wig. I'm like, well, whatever. She's like, I would never wear that, by the way. So <laughs> what's the point? Yeah, I don't know. And so anyway, like me and my friend are sitting over here trying to figure out, like, Googling how to work TikTok. And <laughs> it was it was a mess, but yeah, it, it turned out pretty good. It was hilarious. And it was pretty accurate. It's like you have this huge TikTok moment. And then like three days later, they, they're saying they're shutting TikTok down. I was like, well, damn, you went out with a bang. That was me. I was like, well, if I'm going to do one TikTok, then I did a good one. So, uh, How long did it take you to get it done? About an hour. It was and it lasted what? How long? 60 seconds. 60 seconds? Yeah. Totally worth it. It was worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. I'm just, she said she'd get on a bull to beat me. So I'm, no way. That's what she said. I think she even put it on Twitter. So we'll have to fact no. check that. But yeah. You can't let her do that. No. I mean, she can get on Yellow Jacket out there. Okay. Yeah. All right. That'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's so funny. Social media is amazing to me. It's just the other side of it, though, and we've talked about this is like, we get made fun of a lot because, mm-hmm. I mean, because of stuff we'll post or whatever, but you understand that it's a business. Absolutely. Social media is a business. Yeah, it's a business. And it's, I mean, like I said earlier, it's a platform for your business as well. So uh, people can pick at you for posting, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's your livelihood and that's, you know, it's, it's turned into uh, the way of the world. So if you're not posting on social media, then you're behind. Yeah. And that's why I love Kate because you know, the, the, the rain lashes Mm -hmm. business, all of that is is online in in Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, all that. I mean, it's now the wedding venue, yeah, which is booked up for yeah, a so long time. We've got a few weddings for 2021 left. Uh, we had a double wedding a Friday, Saturday last weekend. So don't look at Megan when you say that. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Now, so y'all you get, get on the books now. <laughs> Everybody keeps asking us, you got a date yet? You got a date? Like we've been engaged for 15 minutes. Yeah. Like time out, pump the brakes, people. Yeah, no, you, well, don't pump the brakes now. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no turning <laughs> yeah. back now. It's You're stuck. I'm committed. I'm yeah. committed. Something I, I never, I didn't really know if that had ever happened or not, but it's, it's scary. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting on you on little yellow jacket every day. No, now man, it's. It's the it's the greatest man. I think you're good. It's the great. Yeah, I think I got a good one. Um, so what do you think she's gonna do on the on the TikTok thing? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. My schedule during the day is pretty pretty wide open. Like for instance, like none of my friends wake up early, so like I get on the phone at like seven a.m. Like make sure all my friends are up. And so she's probably gonna call about fifty times to all my friends and hey, you wanna go eat breakfast? Like, I don't know then might work out for a minute and i don't know oh my god i can't I, I'm wait a little nervous because i can't for her wait. to plot something this long like it's gonna be good yeah it's it's i I'm, i feel bad for you how yeah. how old were you when you realized how good you are at what bull ride uh at what <laughs> i mean TikTok. growing a sweet ass mustache <laughs> yeah. tiktok like there's so many things uh, man there's days i don't i mean I don't realize, and then I'll look back, and you know, there's, I don't know, I can look at a highlight reel or something, and be like, man, that was pretty good, you know. Uh, I don't really harp on it too much or pay attention too closely, but like, when I'm getting on a bull, like, I literally have to talk myself into it. Like, okay, like my kid Mac, he comes home from school last year, two years ago, and uh, he's like singing something in the back seat. He's like, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God can do. So like, the whole time I'm on the shoots. That's what's going through my head. Really? And then, uh, like, I'm weird. Like, I'm, like, the repetition thing. Like, I'll find the Cooper Tire sign, and I'll stare at it. And, yeah. like, like that's got my name in it. So, I'm like, okay, like, you're the best in the world. Like, you can do, you can ride any bull. Uh, and, like, it's all, like, repetition, like, getting on. Like, I have to talk myself into it. And if really? I don't go through that process, like, I just feel like I'm unprepared. Really? Yeah. So how do you do all that and show up to the building three minutes before intros? Well, I mean, I'm not sitting there thinking about it all day. You, you know? it, it's so funny because I've been in the locker room a thousand times and people are like, anybody seen Coop? Anybody seen Coop? Like, no, we still got 30 minutes before the show starts. It's fine. Well, it all comes back to like whenever you walk in and a camera's looking for you. If you're late, then there's nothing they it's can do about it. They can't make it. <laughs> so, hey, will you walk down that hall again? Okay, can you walk down the same hall again? Yeah. Can you do it exactly like you just did the first That's three it. times? And I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot of thought process that can go into riding a bull. So the guys that get there two hours before, like I've done it, and I don't. I mean, I'm like, don't what are you guys doing? Because like I don't, I don't know what to do for two hours with my hands. You know, <laughs> like what do I do? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so if I show up 30 minutes before it starts, I'm that's that's good but everybody's different everybody's yeah i mean everybody different. needs their different routines and stuff like that so i mean i get that part but at the same time it's pretty yeah. pretty simple you go overalls and your rope put your spurs on and what else you do you see, do you and i talked about something the other day that i thought was really interesting because guys were talking about bull ropes yeah and i said how long will one last you yeah i mean i'll probably go through maybe five or six bull ropes a year and I love your reasoning behind that because when you said that, one of the guys was like, what? Yeah. You you use a rope for a couple of months. Why Why do you change if there's nothing wrong with it? Yeah, I mean, but I love your answer. Yeah, so there were guys like Justin McBride that rode with two bull ropes their whole career right. and were successful and whatever. But like for me, whenever I get a brand new bull rope, like I just feel like I'm riding at the top level at every time I get on. So uh, once a bull rope gets broken to the point where you know my handle starts bending too much or it's not you know, not really holding up like I feel like it should. It's not worth four hundred dollars or three hundred and fifty dollars or whatever to go take a chance on losing thirty five thousand that weekend. Right. Uh so it's an investment in your career. Yeah. And you know, it's a it's a tax write off. There you go. You know, so uh there's no point in being cheap about your equipment whenever, you know, it's your livelihood and uh even if you go through five or six ropes a year, it's it's worth it. I love that. I because it was so you it was like you, you know, you have to have fun doing this, but at the same time, you look at it like a business. You yeah, look absolutely. at everything like a business. And I said this so many times during the the team challenge. I was like, Cooper is the most cerebral guy in Las Vegas in the sense that 
you knew what everybody else had. Mm-hmm. You knew what you needed to do, what your team needed to do, who would match up with. Like, you're so intelligent when it comes to the sport of bull riding. And that is why I think I like the team deal and, like, being the coach type deal. Like, I've got a little bit of control over who does what, and, like, this guy matches up good with that. So, like, I, I do study things a lot with, with that aspect. And, like, I like seeing guys like Little Maverick Potter yeah. that, you know, have all the talent in the world that don't really know how good he is yet. Right. And uh, I don't know. I mean, there's some of that stuff you have to pay attention to, and then there's some of it you have to put in the back of your mind. and just. But it's, and it's still a sport where – you have to pay to play yeah. in, in the beginning stages. You still have to, which is hard mm-hmm. for a lot of guys to come up with the money to pay entry fees just to get to one event or another. And I think that people sometimes forget that, that that part hasn't changed. Yeah. No, I mean, velocity and all that stuff. I mean, I think fees are two fifty or something like that. So, I mean, there's guys that go work their butt off all week just to be able to afford to ride bulls. And yeah. I mean, one thing you can't tough. control though, airlines, yeah, yeah, they lost my bags. <laughs> oh, I didn't even recognize it the first time. Where was, I don't even remember. Was it Des Moines? I don't know. It's where I went home early. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I get a three o'clock flight. Yeah. Perf starts at one forty-five. I'm in the first section. I'm at the airport by two thirty. Yeah, I've never been so happy to get off a bull and run to the airplane and go get on the airplane. And I didn't notice it until after the first night we were talking. And and you said no, you didn't recognize or you didn't notice the little thing on my yeah, chest protector tassel or whatever. And then the next <laughs> the next night, I couldn't stop laughing about the vest being too big and the shaps being too small or whatever. Yeah, like Jess wears like twenty six size pants and That's has them taken in, and like on the inside of his chaps, it says big boy chaps. <laughs> <laughs> so like if you can imagine trying to fit into these big boy chaps that Jess has and you know it, and then Keyshawn like he's just a big stout dude and yeah I mean I just I don't know I felt so out of place yeah and, and you're right in the middle of, yeah. of big boy chaps and, yeah. and Keyshawn who's not fat by any stretch no, of the just, imagination just, but stocky yeah, big stout, stout. Yeah. yeah and then that next night I kept I kept seeing that in the vest and I was like damn it's like Cooper from 2015's back. Yeah, it's like having skinny jeans on and a big shirt and what I felt like but it uh How it hard work is out. that? It's How hard. How hard is it to like use somebody else's rope and and everything? It's really hard cuz like I mean I my equipment's got to be perfect like yeah. spurs and everything like even like I'm weird about having round uh shanks on my spurs like it has to be square like Really? Yeah, I mean I feel like round like i always hit the bull with the shank instead of my rowel and it rolls right off so really yeah i put a lot of weird weird thoughts into stuff but yeah i mean but but it it does mean that it's important to you yeah and and i think that's cool because i have seen the cooper that doesn't give a damn and wants to go home yeah and is over the weekend but to to realize that you still put that much thought into every aspect of it i think is cool yeah i mean it is but like going back to using somebody else's equipment like it just doesn't work for me like i've done it before and you know if you've got a couple of nice bulls or something like that you know sure you can get away with it but when you got a 15 15 bull and right. you know a little two train in the long run it <laughs> makes it pretty dang tough to just make that's it work. crazy yeah and it has to happen on a day where like the long round looks like a short round yeah and i was so excited like leaving that weekend i was like you know i've got good bulls like mm-hmm. this is going to be a good weekend and i bring my bags carry on like everywhere so they don't lose them yeah. So whenever they lost it, because they had to check it at the uh, end of the uh, bridge the there, yeah, at the, at the plane, and they they lost my bag. See, I don't, I don't understand do that? that. Yeah, you have one job, and, and you literally walk the the bag to the door of the plane. It's not like you checked it, no, and it went through a conveyor belt, and somebody had to scan it and do all that stuff. You walk the bag to the plane door, and somebody has to take it from the door. And put it on the plane. And I physically handed it to the person, and they got it. So, like, I know it got on this plane. But, yeah, it, uh, it ended up back in Beaumont for I don't know how. And you never flew out of Beaumont. Never flew out of Beaumont. I flew out of Houston. So, weirdest thing ever. I'm glad it didn't end up in Pennsylvania, but, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I always I always want to be the guy that calls and says, hey, yeah, um, hey, your incompetence 
cost my client $30,000 this weekend and ultimately cost them a million dollars. American Airlines, I heard that from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine. Like, hey, you guys just cost me $30,000 and there's about $20,000 in equipment in that bag. So yeah, let's get on. on and, let's let's find the bag. And what did they say? It wasn't 10 minutes later. I had somebody call me from Beaumont. Hey, we've got your bag here. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, maybe, <laughs> guess it, is, in Beaumont. <laughs> maybe it is important to y'all. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool because a lot of times people don't give a damn. Yeah. They don't at all. What's next, man? I don't know. Just go stay on whatever I've got tonight and, uh, you know, get to the finals and try to redo what we did in 15. You uh, you got a, a couple more world title runs in you or I think so. you got another decade around? Not or? a decade. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, won't, I won't put you on the spot on that. I can't be Joel. That's, man, that guy's so good. That? I don't know. Like, for, how cool is that? I don't know how old he is, but he's 36. Been, I think I've been riding a rocking chair or a rocking bull watching him ride. I mean, he was 36 years old and he's number two in the world. That's crazy. And he's always been that good. I mean, he's always. never had just an awful year. Like so. he's, he had, he had five years consecutive where he was in the top five in the world. Mm-hmm. Just doing that is a pretty damn good career. Yeah. Like you want to talk about some of the greatest of all time that didn't win a world title. He has to be in there. Him, Robson, Palermo, uh, Jim Sharp. Those are my three guys that I think. And, and Palermo's another guy that didn't retire young. Yeah. You he know. was old. Older. He got forced out. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, crazy. I am. People don't realize what a good guy Joe Al is. Yeah. Just a yeah. good guy. And he's also a, what a vet, I believe. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When he came over here, that was, I, I remember, my dad reminds me of this because he, he remembers little things like this mm. and he was like yeah he's the one that was a vet mm. when he first started coming over here and i had seen him at a touring pro or whatever that was the story that i had been told was you know he was a vet yeah. cared about animals and all this stuff and here he is trying to make a living as a bull rider and then all of a sudden damn yeah i think actually now like he works for a game ranch uh really like or not a game ranch but like they raise whitetails and i think he yeah. you know helps him with that so it's so cool yeah I mean, the guy's probably made a couple million the last couple, yeah. few years and yeah uh, still doing still trying to help yeah that's awesome yeah um last thing mount rushmore of bull riders who would you put on there oh four guys four guys that you had to had to throw down there jb yeah sage kimsey yeah don gay yeah and Jim Shoulders. Really? Yeah. I think people will be surprised by the Sage one. Yeah, well, he's won six straight, working on seven. Can't argue with it. Yeah, I mean, the guy's good. He's And, and I like Sage. Yeah. He's maybe the most polarizing guy in Western sports because people have built this big rivalry between him and the PBR or PBR and PRCA and – Shit, we're all friends. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good friends with Sage, and my kid was a ring bearer in his wedding the other day. So, I mean, uh, it's not a, a deal where he hates the PBR or doesn't want to come. It's just the deal he wants to beat Donnie Gay. And when he was a kid, he, he had a goal, he a goal. in his mind. Yep. And I've, I respect him yeah. for staying true to accomplish it because – I don't. I don't care what anybody says, and this ain't a Sage podcast. I want to get him on bad. Him and Alexis both because mm-hmm. I, they're friends. Mm-hmm. Like I love them both to death. Um, he had a goal, and and I've had this conversation with him. Like I'm so proud that you didn't let anybody sway you. Yeah. Because if you'd have stopped at six, you'd have been pissed off when you were 50 years old and said, "I could have done it." Yeah. So no, more power no. to him. Yeah, he's. He's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, regardless if it's PRCA or PBR, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's bull riding. Uh, yeah. He's taken the harder road as far as traveling and all that goes. Yeah. So I've I, I've done both. So I feel like I've got a little bit of input on that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I really hope he gets to nine. And but, but you also love being home. I do. Yeah, and that's something we've talked about. You know, him. He still loves to travel. He doesn't. You know, he's got a wife now, but. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have a little boy that's, uh, he's got to miss. So, well, I mean, people make fun of us cause we drove 21 hours to Nampa, Idaho from Oklahoma, but <laughs> we, we enjoy it. Yeah. We don't have the kids at home right now that 
and that extra responsibility. So we're doing it while we can. Yeah. There's going to be a day he's where got we his, can't. He's got his little brother too. So it's, it's good for them to helps. be able to go and, and kind of try to learn from him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it certainly helps. If you're not traveling with your, uh, with your wife and, and Mac, who, who do you like being on the road with? Myself. Yeah. <laughs> I like being alone. Same. If, if I'm not with them, then I might go eat with, you know, Mason or Jess or whatever, but I don't know, a little peace and quiet go a long way. And the older I get, the more I like being by myself. Yeah. I used to be super like dependent on having to have somebody like with me at all times, but now I've gotten to where it's just like, it's nice just to be quiet and in my thoughts sometimes. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know you have a lot (laughs) going on. (laughs) A lot of thoughts. I said, when, uh, when do you want to do this? Anytime. Well, no, tell me what you're... No, literally, anytime. I've got nothing going. Schedule's pretty wide open. I love that because that's how I like my days to be, too. Mm -hmm. So, man, I appreciate it. I know you you don't like doing a whole lot of sitting down and and chatting, especially with a microphone in your face. So, yeah, no, it's it's all right. It was, it was, it was good being with people that I can talk to. There you go. There you go, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, Continued success, whether it's here or in the, the wedding venue or whatever's next. I'm, I'm excited to see what's next for, for all of you. So, yep. uh, I appreciate it, man. Yep. Thank you. You bet.